Hey, this is Mr. Anderson, Anderson, and you are listening to Two Out of Three Falls. Yeah, 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 what up? You know, it's uh, Peter Rosenberg, Hot 97, ESPN, WWE Network, Cheap Heat Podcast. Um, let's see what else. I got mad jobs out here, but right now, talking all things wrestling with my man Randy Cruz, the Cruise Control Podcast. Sit back and stay mage. You're listening to Cruise Control with Randy Cruz. This is the voice of the New World Order. N-W-O. And Neil for the secrets of WCW Nitro. Graham Matthews, Daddy DDT, my man, how you doing? Doing great, Randy. How about yourself? Doing good, man. Can't complain. You can find Graham on Twitter at WrestleRant. Uh, great writer for both Bleacher Report and uh, fan-sided DDT. Uh, we are taping this on March 24th. Uh, if you're a big-time wrestling nostalgic fan like I am, you would know today is the 29-year anniversary for WrestleMania 7. I know we'll get to the current stuff in a second, but... Um, WrestleMania 7, 1991, March 24th, uh, 29 years today. Um, you know, looking back at it, I know we have this pandemic going on. It's funny how, you know, when you look back at WrestleMania 7 um, with how they had WrestleMania planned um, outside and with the Gulf War going on, they had to move it indoors. And it's something like how we have it now where it was supposed to be in Tampa. It's now... Uh, indoors, but a very, very different scenario. Um, what do you most remember from WrestleMania 7, Graham? Um, obviously, the main event, Hogan and Slaughter. Um, actually, it, it's worth noting, too, that I should bring this up. That the WWE actually put up a video the other day of not just the Hogan and Slaughter match, but what they call WWE playback, mm-hmm. um, where they watch the match back, and including people that were there. So they actually have Hogan and Slaughter sit down, rewatch the match, comment on it, the feud, everything else. It's actually really, really good. It's only about six minutes long. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's definitely worth rewatching now that we're celebrating the anniversary of the event from 29 years ago but okay. i think when you say wrestlemania 7 it's not a bad show there's a lot of matches i'm looking at the card right now 14 matches on the main card which is completely ridiculous wow. but i mean i mean nothing out of the ordinary by today's standards when we have like a a seven hour show that's you know and a lot of these matches were only a couple minutes too right. you know nowadays most of the matches are like 10 minutes which is why it exceeds past midnight but now that it's two days that's a different issue but we'll get to that um but yeah i think when you say mania seven the first thing that pops in my mind or well two things the first one is hogan and slaughter hogan winning back the wwe championship from the iraqi sympathizer uh, sergeant slaughter and it was a good match although the real match of the night in my opinion was um the randy savage ultimate warrior retirement match i love that match i'm a big warrior guy period but mm. specifically the match you know savage was great warrior the guy will never be remembered for being a great in-ring wrestler but in terms of going in there and having some memorable moments this was one of them obviously it was less about his win and more about the fact that um savage reunited with miss elizabeth after uh, afterward with the whole you know sensational sherry thing and everything else so um i love that match the main event was good too i wouldn't sit back and rewatch the entire show um but i have heard people say like oh you know seven is maybe not my favorite but it's among them and it's definitely not regarded as one of the worst manias i don't i don't really think we get to that point until nine or eleven or you know four is not really my favorite the whole tournament thing a lot of the matches are shit 
Um, but I did really, I didn't really mind the show at all overall. I mean, obviously I wasn't watching back then, but I think the two top matches really carried the show slaughter and Hogan warrior and Savage. And then you also got to talk about too. How can you talk about mania seven, but not bring up how it was the beginning of the streak with the undertaker beating yeah. Jimmy Superfly Snuka. So it's a very notable mania for more reasons than just one. Uh, yeah, real quick. So the longest match on the card was indeed the Warrior and Macho Man at 20 minutes and 47 seconds. Um, 15 matches on the card. I'll get to that in a second. You did mention this was the beginning of the streak for The Undertaker against uh, Jimmy Snooker. Also, this was the final televised match of the original Hart Foundation. So after this, Bret Hart became a singles guy. Um this would be I know they had the retirement match but Macho Man would compete <laughs> a year later at mm-hmm. WrestleMania 8 against Ric Flair Warrior did appear at WrestleMania 8 but he would not compete at a WrestleMania again until WrestleMania 12 uh, five years later um, obviously we know it was supposed to take place at the LA Memorial Coliseum but took place at the LA Memorial Sports Arena in downtown um LA. So if the matches were just to kind of ent- uh, entertain you guys real quick. Uh, 15 in total. Obviously, just by looking at it, I do remember the Hogan match, the Warrior match, uh, the blindfold match. I-, I-, I see, I remember certain images of, of me seeing that. Um, and I think it was the um, the Nasty Boys match and the Hard Fun match. I do, I do recall those. But on the car, we had Coco Beware against the Broken Brawler. Uh, the Rockers against the uh, Barbarian and Haku for a tag match. The uh, Texas Tornado and Dino Bravo. British Bulldog against the Warlord. Nasty Boys, Heart Foundation, Jake Roberts, Rick Martell, Taker, Jimmy Snooker. Warrior against Macho, which is the right dab in the middle of the card. Um, who is this? <laughs> Dem- uh, Demolition lost to... Uh, two guys that I can't even pronounce. Help me out, Grant. Who are these two guys that Demolition lost to? Generico, Gen- Gen- Tenryu, and I'm not, I'm not even going to Honestly, try. Honestly, I'm not even going to try to pronounce it because I feel like I'll be buried by the online community. <laughs> so I'm not even going to try it. I All have right. no idea who those people are, just to be honest. That, just know that Demolition lost. Uh, Big Boss yeah, Demolition Man, lost. Uh, beat Mr. Perfect. Earthquake beat Greg the Hammer Valentine. Uh, Legion of Doom defeated Power and Glory. Virgil defeated Ted DiBiase. The Mountie defeated Tito Santana. And Hulk Hogan defeated Slaughter to be the champion once again. So... Uh, again, not not very high on my WrestleMania ranking. I don't even know where it would be. It's not a mania that if I say if, if I'm in that mania mood and say I got to pop in at WrestleMania, it's not going to be one of those uh, manias for me to sure. watch yeah. outside of Hogan matching Warrior. Um, but yeah, man, tw- you know, damn, they almost thirty years. Um, a lot of interesting tidbits from this pay per view, and uh, just wanted to give it a shout out. You know. 
Yeah, no, I think it's worth remembering. You know, it's not one of those recent manias, obviously, but especially the fact that it's been 30 years is crazy, too. Um, but it's not a completely forgettable mania, like I said, if only for the top matches. So, as you said, I don't know what it clocks in at. I don't know what it clocks in at in, in regards to, like, whether it's three hours, four hours. I mean, it says on the network. I mean, I know that WrestleMania 4 was one of the longer ones of that period because of the tournament. I don't think, although it's like a 15-match card, I don't know if the show is, like, four hours long it might be a shorter show i don't know mm. but i i don't think it's a completely terrible mania it would probably fall somewhere in the middle for those two top matches alone and historical significance so it absolutely is worth uh bringing up again 30 years later all right so we got that out the way now we get into, into some current stuff so obviously we do have wrestlemania 36 still happening um at the PC two nights now. Uh, before I go further, what did you make of WrestleMania now being a two-night event? I mean, there's a lot to say here. I'll keep it brief in the fact that, I mean, I'll try to keep it brief because I try to go on. I, I tend to go on for a while, this type of stuff, but yeah. <laughs> I'm not, not a fan of it going on to the PC. I mean, I think right. I speak for everyone when I say that, but again, it's the circumstances. I get it. The two-day thing, the weird thing is that it went from I hate it to I like it to I don't like it. So, what I didn't like is that it's at the PC because we haven't done a show since all this broke. I mean, everything broke with the mania stuff in the last week since we last spoke. The first thing was that it was going to the PC. Don't like that, but what can you do? Obviously, they can't do it at Raymond James Stadium, obviously. Right. So that was inevitable. My idea was just have that be your first show back. It doesn't look like they're interested in doing that. They don't know how long this is going to last. Get it out of the way, whatever. Doing it at the PC. The move to make it two days honestly i don't mind that i really don't i actually like that people have been pulling for that for so long because wrestle kingdom i think did it this year and it worked it was a nice formula um and the show's so fucking long that you know people wanted to make it two days i like it as a one-day extravaganza the one year i would excuse it as being a two-day thing for this year i think is this year because they're at the pc i cannot sit there and watch a seven-hour mania in front of no fans i don't like that so if they're not doing takeover on the Saturday. Saturday, which they're not they already announced today they're doing that on the wednesday before mania and they're doing that as like a weekly thing like they're putting the takeover matches on nxt tv which again is better than nothing i guess as opposed to postponing it then i think a two-day mania works what else i didn't like which well, i guess we'll get to in a moment i might as well just bring it up now is that it was announced that they're taping it in advance i think wednesday we're speaking on tuesday so they're taping it tomorrow both nights i would assume that I don't like. Um, I mean, so far, spoilers for the next couple episodes of NXT and SmackDown and Raw and whatever have not gotten out. So maybe there won't be any spoilers for Mania like I thought there would be. I guess we'll mm -hmm. find out tomorrow or Thursday. But to tape it two weeks out, I don't like and I get it that they want to get it out of the way because, you know, this whole thing is changing so rapidly. Like by Thursday, we may find out that they can't do any shows at all anymore. Like there may come a day where they're like, you know, um, where they can't do any shows anymore. They were told to shut down. Right. They had to go in complete lockdown. I get it. But at the same time, as I've argued, and I know you kind of feel the same way. I saw your tweet. They could have just postponed it. I would have had that be their first show back. WrestleMania. If it's going to be taped in advance, it's not WrestleMania. A two-day taped Mania at the PC with no fans is not WrestleMania. It's a glorified super show with some matches people don't even give a shit about. The card wasn't entirely strong on paper anyway, but when you throw in matches, and I get it, some people have to be quarantined, so they have to kind of make up, you have to make do here. 
a six-pack challenge for the women's championship. Who gives a fuck? Alistair Black versus Bobby Lashley. Fresh, sure, but who gives a fuck? Um, the tag team title match could be great in the ring. I'm not denying that. Mm. Who gives a fuck? It comes completely out of nowhere, and I get it. They had to change plans. One member of AOP got hurt. Rey Mysterio, I guess, may have gotten sick. Maybe not necessarily with the coronavirus, but they don't want to take their chances. So he's being quarantined. So they had to make do with uh, you know Garza and Andrade in the tag title match. Uh, still, though, who gives a shit? Like This feels like a mania from like... The earth, this feels like WrestleMania 7 where they just throw <laughs> matches on the card that have no meaning whatsoever. And I, I get it for 30 years ago, but it doesn't make sense in 2020. And again, I, I understand the circumstances before anyone comes at me and says, well, you know, they're making the best with what they have. I completely agree. I liked Raw last night. I thought last night's Raw was very good, all things considered, to be honest with you. But to tape it in advance, my argument is either try to do it on that Saturday and Sunday, and if they can't because something happens between now and then, then don't fucking do the show and then just wait to come back with it. I highly doubt, dude, they'll still be able to tape shows over the next two, three months whenever this thing ends, which we don't know yet. Um, I, I don't think they're going to continue on like this. So what do you do in the meantime? Mm. Like they can't tape new content, so they're going to have every show be a video package or like old matches? I don't know. Maybe. Uh, they might be forced into an off season. So it's a, it's a lot of uncertainty right now. But that's my two cents on the whole thing. Well, that was a lot. <laughs> I know so much for keeping a brief. I know I should probably um, not say that. So let me let me update people. Obviously, they they know, but let me see what the, what the card is currently as of March twenty fourth. Um, you mentioned Alison Black and Bobby Lashley. Huh. Um, you mentioned the six pack challenge. I'm sorry, yeah, Fatal Five Way. Bailey yeah, they dropped Dana Brooke. She might have been quarantined. I read so. Yeah, they dropped her from the match. Really? Okay, so yeah. Fatal Five Way. Bailey, Lacey, Tamina. Naomi and Sasha Banks for the SmackDown Women's Title. Uh, Miz and Morrison against uh, TBD. I guess they figured that out on SmackDown. Um, Street Profits. And you mentioned Andrade and Angel Garza. Uh, Raw Tag Team Titles. Elias and King Corbin came out of nowhere. Um, Who gives a shit? Uh, okay, so now we get to Nitty Gritty. Oh, okay, KO and Seth Rollins. Um, Becky and Shayna Baszler for the Raw Women's Title. Rhea Ripley, Charlotte Flair, NXT title, uh, NXT women's title, John Cena and Bray Wyatt, uh, Brock and Drew McIntyre for the world title, we know Reigns and Goldberg for the universal title, Taker and AJ Styles, and Edge and Randy Orton. So uh, I think a lot from Raw last night that we can kind of put together where, I mean, from seeing from Raw and hearing on Twitter and other websites, so... So Edge and Orton in a last man standing match, I think that'll be very interesting. Uh, I think they had the whole building to kind of use. So I don't think that'll be totally in the ring. I think I think they're trying to I think they're trying to find different ways to be creative in that building as opposed to keeping it everything in the ring. Just like I, I read somewhere um, that the John Cena the Fiend Bray Wyatt match is going to be some sort of like a movie kind of thing where it's going to be I saw a, that too. Yeah. Warehouse a la the House of Horrors with uh, with Bray and in Orton at WrestleMania 33. I'm, I'm sorry, um after that. Um, so that could be interesting. Um, we have also have <laughs> Taker and AJ in a boneyard match. I mean, uh, I thought he was gonna say like 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 a casket match or a graveyard match or buried alive match, uh, but it, we we get a boneyard match. It's the first time I've ever heard that kind of match. So mm -hmm. I think 
And what's also interesting is that they, you know, you have certain matches on Saturday and and on Sunday. So on Saturday, they have Brock and Drew McIntyre, I guess, for the main event for that day. I assume Goldberg and Roman will be the main event on Sunday. Edge and Orton, I don't know what day that is. I do know KO and Seth will be on Saturday. I'm not too sure about every other match. But um, to add stipulations to these matches as opposed to always being, being in the ring... Um, uh, I, I listen. I think they're trying everything they can. I'm not a fan of it doing it. Um, taping it, but I understand the reasons why. Uh, yeah. I like I like they went away from the hard cam last night, and everybody would say, "Oh, they 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 copied AEW uh, Dynamite from just not showing the the, the empty arena side, but it's showing more of the stage." So they they're trying different things. It's gonna be a weird WrestleMania, regardless, um, taped or not. Um. But again, man, it's just gonna be one of those. This will be a WrestleMania that you will go down and say, you know what? I I remember this WrestleMania, but may not be for the for the proper reasons. Yeah, no, it's not gonna be a forgettable mania. We know that much. Um, not a fan of the card overall, but they're doing their best. I can't exactly poop on it until we see it. But um, at least they are filming it from multiple locations. That could mean anything. They could do that for one match and have that be it. But like you said, it looks like they're doing that with Styles and Taker because it's not going to be the same without a crowd. I mean, I don't think Styles is a miracle worker anyway. I mean, he's the closest thing that we have to one, I think, in WWE today. Um, You know, aside from maybe a Rollins or a Gargano, I don't even think he could get a great match out of Taker at 55, who turns 55, by the way, today. The guy's a grandfather in wrestling years. Um. So anyway, I think that might be interesting. The Cena Fiend thing, listen, their first match sucked anyway, so why the fuck not? As long as the Fiend wins, then who gives a shit? We'll find out more on SmackDown, I think, this week um, as far as what they have planned for it and, and whatever else. So I, I, I tend to think that might be interesting. Then again, the House of Horrors match wasn't anything you know, entirely spectacular, so I guess we'll soon see. But, um, yeah, it, it's going to be a memorable mania, if nothing else. And what I'm looking forward to is that WWE 24 on this WrestleMania year from now and how the fuck they tackle this shit because there's no one there. So it's going to be very interesting. But I think it really just goes to show that we should not take this shit for granted. And, yeah, I hate a seven-hour show, but anything is better than what we're getting right now. These circumstances suck. So hopefully this never happens again. And hopefully this shit is over before SummerSlam hits so we can get our big super show in Boston this year but there's no guarantees as far as that as far as that goes as well um there's a rumor out there but like what kind of what character undertaker we're getting the dead man american badass has, has been thrown out there what kind of taker you think we get at, at wrestlemania I think we're getting a weird hybrid based off what we saw last week. We didn't see the American badass last week, but we saw we didn't see the dead man either. Like the guy just, you know, trotted out to the ring as fast as he could, which isn't very fast. But as far as the Undertaker goes, it was pretty fast. Um, He had his like jeans on and like, I don't know, he looked pretty casual. So not his jeans, but he had his regular pants on, but he wasn't doing the whole phenom shit. So that's what I assume we're seeing in this match. It won't be like all the typical taker entrance and whatever. Um, so it will be something different. They will be forced to do something different. I don't think it'll be American badass. I think that's come and gone. I think the time to do that would have been two years ago and mania 34 when Cena called him out and he lost to Roman reigns the year before. And the phenom character was dead. Kid rock was there. He could have sung him to the ring. They didn't do that. They went with a typical phenom bullshit instead. That would have been the time to do it. They didn't. I think that's come and gone. Uh, they'll probably do some sort of hybrid where it's like Mark Calloway, but not exactly the phenom or that we've come to expect in the last 20 years or so. Undertaker turns 55 today, man. 
Yes, he does. And he looks every bit of that, if not older. Wow. Um, you know, I will say this, though. I will say this, Randy, to defend the guy. First of all, he's very nice. I mean, we I, we, I don't know if we talked about this on the show. I had a chance to meet him a couple a couple weeks ago at a, at a autograph signing thing. It was the big event. Oh, actually, in New York City. Okay. It was in East, Helm, East Elmhurst or some shit like that. And um, this was before the whole thing broke down. So thankfully, I got to go to that before everything started getting canceled. Right. But he was very nice. And I will say, though, he actually looks a lot better, A, in person, and B, when he's not dressed up as The Undertaker. When they put the makeup on him and... He looks absolutely atrocious, but when he's in his normal, like regular everyday attire, then he looks perfectly fine. He looks normal, um, and he and he acts normal too. He's a very cool guy, but I understand they can't do that always on TV. I'm just saying that when they dress him up as Taker, he looks terrible. So you know what? Maybe going back to American Badass, or at least kind of slowly moving away from the phenom stuff is for the best because it just doesn't look good in 2020. It just looks dumb. Right. Uh, sidebar. Um do you have it to, to recall in order the streak of the Undertaker undefeated streak before he lost? Do you know who he fought at every every WrestleMania? I could probably say, yeah. All right, let's do try? it. Let's do it. All right. So I know the first one was Jimmy Snuka okay. again, obviously. Right. Eight was Jake Roberts, correct? Yep. Nine was Gonzalez. Yep. Didn't wrestle a 10. Hmm. Okay. 11... I know 12 was Diesel, right? Okay, 12 is Diesel. All right. 11 was what, 95? Yeah. It wasn't DiBiase. It was, um, was it? No, it wasn't Kama. It was someone. Oh, Bam Bam Bigelow, right? Uh, Bigelow, Bigelow uh, was um Lawrence Taylor in the main event of WrestleMania that year. Remember? Oh, at 11. So then who was 11? I'm trying. That mania was so bad. <laughs> yeah, in your neck of the woods, too. I know it was in Hartford. I, I'm not proud of that at all. Uh, King Kong Bundy. King, I know it was a giant. Okay, King Kong Bundy. Can I keep going even though I got yeah, that one wrong? Keep it going. Uh, WrestleMania 13 now. Psycho Sid. Okay, 14. 14 was Big uh, Boss Man, right? No, that was 15. That was 15. All right, you got Boss Man. 14, 14, 14 was what, 98? 98. Oh, no, wait. Come on, man. This is obvious. I'm going to feel like an idiot. Wait. <laughs> Psycho Sid was 13. Yeah. 1998. What was he doing in 98? <laughs> he was wrestling. The hell? <laughs> I know that was I know that was Stone Cold Michaels. I knew that. Exactly. But then who was Taker facing? Yeah, you it wasn't gonna, Triple H, obviously. Yeah. I don't know. Um, fuck. You're going to feel like shit, I swear. <laughs> God. All right, you know what? Um, Let, let's put 14 on hold. You're at 15, boss man. All right, WrestleMania 17. Yeah, because he wasn't at 16. It wasn't at 2,000. Right. Um, 17 was Triple H. Okay, uh, 18. Ric Flair. Uh, 19. A-Train and Big Show. 20. 20 was um, Kane. So if 20 was Kane, what was WrestleMania oh, 14? I'm such an idiot. Obviously, it had to have been Kane. I'm such a moron. Yes, uh, I do feel stupid now. I'm sorry. Tw- 21. Yes, okay, that was Kane. 21. Uh, so then 21 was Orton. 20. I mean, from here, I kind of got it, but right. 22 was Mark Henry. 23 Batista, uh-huh. 24 Edge, uh-huh. 25 Michaels, 26 right. Michaels, right. 27 Triple H, 28 Triple H, mm-hmm. 29 Punk. 
And uh, 30 was Lesnar when he lost. There you go. All right, man. You got stumped on the big guys, Bundy and uh, Kane. Well, Bundy's easy to forget because that match wasn't all that good. But I I can't (laughs) believe I forgot the Kane one. I just feel like a complete idiot. Oh, man. Um, So, yeah, man, this WrestleMania card, uh, listen, man, I think we're all going to be intrigued. We're all going to be, I mean, there's there's nothing much to do anyway. But I think think their their mindset is to be like, I know everything is shut down in the world of sports and they just want to entertain us at, 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 you know, the expense of everything. But um, to be, so right now, if you got 13 matches, you figured if they don't add any more, so you would assume like maybe Saturday has six, Sunday has seven or vice versa, which is, which is not bad because I don't want to be in my house from like five o'clock to like 12 watching uh, a bunch of mania matches with, with, with nobody in the crowd, even though I, I got nowhere to go. But I think to build, you know, matter of fact, does this become a norm? Or do you think from now, only because of this year, next year, it, it, it'll just be uh, WrestleMania back to, to being one night, right? I think so. Unless this goes incredibly well, which I don't see it happening. I don't see that happening. Then, yeah, I mean, th- this could open the door for a two-day mania. Like I said, I don't like a two-day mania. I would just like to be there. For 80,000 people, I mean, I know Wrestle Kingdom is one thing, but... I don't know. For a mania, just have it be one day and, and whatever. Get it over with. Yeah. Um, I don't like the whole two-day thing. Because with the two-day thing too, dude, it opens up the possibility for more meaningless matches. Like fucking Aleister Black and Bobby Lashley. You know they're just doing that to A, get them on the card, which, I mean, I like for Aleister, but like it's completely random. Mm-hmm. And you know we wouldn't get that shit if it was a one-day mania. So I, I like it and I don't like it. Um but yeah, so I, I think it'll go back to being one day and this is only a one time occurrence, but hopefully we can just get this shit over with as soon as possible so we can all move the hell on. All right. So let, let, let's play fantasy booking real quick. Let, let, let's have fun because we ain't, we ain't doing shit. Um, if, if, if they say, Graham, you're booking the car for Saturday and you're booking the car for Sunday. Obviously, we know Brock and Drew is on Saturday and Seth and KO on Saturday. They told you pick four more matches. Then you got to pick seven for Sunday. What matches are you picking for Saturday and Sunday? So keep the current format, you're saying? Yeah, so Brock and Drew is on Saturday. KO and Seth on Saturday. You got to pick four more for that night and then seven for Sunday. Um, Charlotte and Ripley on Saturday, I think, is already confirmed. I don't mind that. Okay. So I like that being on Saturday because Becky and Shane, I know, is Sunday. Um, said Becky Shayna Sunday. Obviously Goldberg and Roman on Sunday. Okay. Unfortunately, yeah, that's probably main eventing. So I, I would switch Brock and Drew and Goldberg and Reigns. But obviously, again, that's set in stone. So I can't really argue that. Um, yeah, you know your- what? You know, you know, real quick, man. I never. Un- I, I if, if if you had the main title of your company going on Saturday, but the universal title was on Sunday. It's like, to me, that don't make sense. I, I think you, you, you're supposed to highlight the main title in your company, but I, again, are they doing it because of the names of Goldberg and, and Reigns? I don't know, but if you, again, I agree, up to me, uh, Brock and Drew should be on Sunday and, and, and not Saturday, but unless they want to hype it up a little bit and get you ready for Sunday, okay, mm-hmm. but the, the, the main title should be the last title on the card. No, I, I agree. I don't think that's the sole thing. I wouldn't only put the main title on the on the main event, because if you put the main championship 
on last every year than that fucking terrible Bray Wyatt Randy Orton match for the WWE title a couple years ago would have been the main event of 33. Mm-hmm. Not that it was much worse than um, Taker and Reigns, but that I mean you can't always put the main title on last. I agree with you to an extent. Right. My factor is it's a main title, but also that it's got to be the most intriguing match and the best match, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Here they're just doing it to just to fuck with people because they know no one's going to be there. Drew and Brock is the, is the, one of the better feuds going right now. It's much better than Roman and Goldberg who have no bad blood. They were like flipping the chairs on SmackDown. Why though? I don't get it. I know they were telling the whole, oh, Georgia versus Georgia Tech rivalry. Who gives a fuck about that unless you live in Georgia? <laughs> who gives a shit? I'm not even saying the match will be terrible, but like that's not main event worthy. It came completely out of nowhere. Roman did nothing to earn a title shot. And yeah, I know he had the title vacated and whatever a year and a half ago. They haven't even gone back to that. They haven't even mentioned that. It makes no sense. Um, and not a, on top of everything, Randy, Drew won the Royal Rumble match. It's completely pointless if the guy doesn't go on last. I know they're main eventing the first night, so technically he is main eventing. Right. It's still fucking dumb. Drew and Brock is the fresher. I mean, I guess Roman and Goldberg is fresh too. But I don't know. It's the much better match, more intriguing. You know, more people want to see Drew and Brock, I guarantee to you, than Roman and Goldberg. So I think that's a very dumb decision. All right. So Saturday, you got Brock, Drew, KO, Seth, Charlotte, Ripley, three more. AJ and Taker. I mean, I, I think Cena and Fiend is going on Sunday. I would switch them. I would put Fiend and Cena on Saturday, Taker and AJ on Sunday, but it looks like that's going to be the case. Okay. Um, Got to split up. They're doing a SmackDown Tag Team title match too, Miz and Morrison versus either New Day or Usos or both. I would put the SmackDown Tag Team title match on, on Sunday and the Raw one on Saturday. Okay. Um, just so, because I think the SmackDown one makes more sense than the Raw one, which is completely random. Alistair and Bobby can have a filler match on Sunday. Um, on Saturday as well, one probably more. One the more for Saturday. six pack. What'd you say? One more match for Saturday. Probably the six pack challenge. I'm trying to think what else they even have on both shows. So probably the six pack. Um, no, actually, you know what? I put Brian and Zane on there. I put Brian and Zane on Saturday, and then I would do. The six pack probably on or the five what the fatal five way whatever the fuck it is on Sunday. So Brian and Zane, which I'm sure is going to be added on on uh, on Friday's SmackDown, and then do the five way on Sunday. I'm sure I'm missing more mu- matches, but that's just what comes to mind. Okay, so right now Saturday, according to you, WrestleMania could look like Brock Drew, KO Seth, Charlotte Ripley, AJ Taker, the the Raw Tag Title Match, and Daniel Bryan and Sami Zayn, which is not even which is not even up on here. And not yet, though. Yeah. Sunday, Goldberg, Roman, Becky, Shayna, Cena, Bray, SmackDown Tag Title, uh, Black and uh, and Bobby Lashley, SmackDown f- uh, Five Way. We're missing Edge and Randy Orton. Oh, I'd put that on Sunday. I think that deserves to go on Sunday. <laughs> So you so you think the last match we'll see for Mania is going to be Goldberg and Roman or not Edge and Randy Orton? I mean, if you're going to do Drew and Brock, Drew and Brock should be the last match on, on Saturday. Sunday. Yes. It's it's not going to be. So Really? On Saturday? It is. I mean, it has to be. I mean, it's definitely going on Saturday. Yeah. They already announced that. But it's, it'll be the main event for for, for Saturday. I mean, it has, I mean, it, Drew and Brock going on Saturday, not the main event, is the biggest fuck you in company. <laughs> guy, they don't do that. It's bad enough it's not going on Sunday, but it's a big fuck you if it doesn't go on in the main event. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it is going on in the main event. That being said, Edge and Orton 
as the main event. Okay, so I don't know if we talked about this, but people were saying a while ago, oh, Edge and Orton should main event. Now that you have a two-day mania, I would much rather see that than Roman and Goldberg in the main event on Sunday. Drew and Brock should be the... If you have one show, Drew and Brock is the main event. It won't be. We know that. So on Sunday, it's got to be Edge and Orton because it is the best story. I don't know if it'll be the best match because it's last man standing. There's not going to be anyone there. I don't know. But that is infinitely more interesting than Roman and Goldberg. And I know it's a title match and Edge and Orton isn't and there isn't anything on the line. But I don't give a single shit about Roman and Goldberg. They should might as well. And it's also predictable, too. I know Edge is probably going to win. But, I mean, Orton could win. He doesn't have to pin Edge. So, I don't know. I I would rather, much rather have Orton and Edge go on last on Sunday if, if Drew and Brock is going on Saturday over Roman and Goldberg. Oh, and you forgot Elias and King Corbin. Oh, who gives a shit? <laughs> just relegate that to the pre-show, please. I don't care which show, but just probably, probably on, probably on Saturday. But I mean, that's also interchangeable with like Alistair and Bobby. I think I'm more excited for Alistair and Bobby, and that's completely random. So, um, what did you make of the promos on Raw? I think um, you know, the, the last couple of weeks, you know, I think they're able to just articulate better you know not worry about what the crowd is chanting and getting on their nerves and um seeing like edge and rainy orton even the, the brock and um paul Heyman last night um i think the the promos come off better i'm not saying that's gonna be that's gonna be the norm um as time goes by but i think you get a sense of more more emotion, more realism when nobody's there. I think they can they can concentrate more on what they're gonna say and how they're gonna say it. So a, 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 a lot of praise on social media about these promos. What do you make of that? No, I absolutely agree. I said the same thing last night on Twitter. I think, and this may have been an effect even before the whole coronavirus thing happened. Mm-hmm. But it definitely feels like they're not scripting their promos as much. Maybe for some people, but for the majority, it definitely does not. I thought last night's Raw had a lot of great promos. Paul Heyman's mic work, as always, was good. Orton's promo was amazing. I mean, the guy has been fucking killing it on the mic for the last two months now, so I'm not surprised. The Rollins promo specifically is what shocked me, because, I mean, the guy's a good talker. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, and he's been cutting some good promos ever since he went heel, but that promo last night was one of the best he's ever cut. I saw a lot of people say that, and i got to agree. That was really, really, really good. Um, Even the Baszler promo, for as long as it lasted, it wasn't amazing, but it was still good. You know, there wasn't a bad promo, I think, on the entire show, so i got to agree with the masses there but uh yeah no it's cool so i mean again these circumstances suck for anyone saying oh you know raw is so much better without a crowd i mean get the fuck out of here with that opinion clearly that's not the case on the whole that's not the case i thought last night show given the circumstances was good but you can't go on forever without having a crowd this is going to get old real quick if it hasn't already that being said for as long as this is going to go on they're trying their best i don't mind the replays when you replay an hour and a half rumble i don't like that but they replayed the triple threat which we'll get to later between mm-hmm. brock rollins and cena from 2015 to the rumble right it was a great match that i haven't seen in a long time so i didn't really care that they replayed it even the charlotte oscar match was a really really good match it's not like they're replaying roman and brock from that same show which fucking sucked you know, so at least they're good matches. Cena and Wyatt last week on SmackDown. I didn't watch it. I don't give a shit. The match sucked. But um, 
anyway, so I think overall the shows have been better. I mean, a little bit. Raw in terms of, you know, I thought last night's show was much better than last week with that awkward Stone Cold segment. And uh, the promos have been much better, so I got to agree there. I just hope it carries on even after this whole pandemic is over and we go back to normal shows. I hope they can continue to focus more on the promos and allowing them to not be overly scripted as much as they are. Right. I mean, you know, also, I, I know we, we didn't do a show last week. Uh, I mean, what what... What did you expect Stone Cold to do? I know it was a very tough spot. Um, nobody there. He can't do his normal thing. Uh, and you're you're asking this 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 Hall of Famer, the 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 goat of all time, um, to go out there and just entertain for five ten minutes with nobody in the crowd and a bunch of beers. Uh, I think he did the best that that he could. I know he was uh, feeding off of uh, of, of Byron, but I mean, at the end of the day, what did you really expect him to do or say? Well, what I had, what I, what I had him do instead was either just host the entire show because they relegated the guy to the last ten minutes of the show, yeah. going back and forth with Byron. To me, that was lame. I did not like that. Didn't give a shit. I mean, he tried, but the whole oh, "give me a hell yeah" and there's no one there. Okay, it's, <laughs> it's on, not that, really that funny. That was funny, man. Stop. How was? <laughs> I don't think I thought that was just lame. Um, it's just, dude, Stone Cold ain't the same without a crowd. It's stupid, but you can make the most out of it. This might just be me. This might be a bold opinion or whatever. Uh-oh. I do not care for Oscar on commentary. The whole speaking in Japanese and all the gibberish and she's yelling. I think it's dumb. I think it's annoying. It doesn't make me want to boo her. I just don't give a shit. She was commentating the Rey Mysterio Andrade match. Dude, I don't care. I thought that was just terrible. Um, just have Stone Cold do it instead. I would have had him commentate a couple matches, go out there and either interact, not with Byron Saxton. Who gives a fuck about Byron? I mean, I'm sure the guy's as nice as could be. I don't give a shit about Byron. Have him interact with, like, I don't know, Kevin Owens instead. They both do the stunner. Why not just have, him have those two interact? There's no reason to have him out there interacting with Byron Saxton or whatever. I think I just think that's stupid. Um, so there were there were ways to work around it. And, uh, you know, have him sit down and do a podcast. I don't know. Anything's better than what he did last week, which I thought was just silly. It wasn't completely unbearable. But the Becky thing felt forced. We've seen them interact before. I would have had him out there with Kevin Owens, stunning some people. The stuff they did after the show was more entertaining than what they did on the show mm-hmm. with the Street Profits. So that, that was kind of funny. Just do that on the show. I don't know. I think there were ways to make it more entertaining than it was, in my opinion. So while they're airing um, the triple threat from the Rumble 15, Brock, uh, Seth, and John Cena, a lot of people, including myself, were commenting like, you know, hey, you know, this could be a top two, three, whatever uh, triple threat match um, in history. And a lot of people love this match. I love the match. Um, So when you get down to the the, the nitty gritty of it, where does Brock, Cena, Seth from the Rumble 15 rank as an all-time triple threat match? Are we saying individual triple threat matches? Are we including the the, the, the tag team triple threat matches? So um, uh, if you combine them, where do you rank those? And what do you think is the greatest triple threat match of all time? Um, I wouldn't combine them. I'm talking standard triple threat, three guys, no tag teams. If you include tag teams, then obviously I think the one from Mania in 16 and 17 would be up there with Edge and Orton. Or I'm sorry, Edge and Christian, the Hardy Boys and the Dudley Boys. If that's not, you know, if that's not number one, it's definitely up there. Mm-hmm. I'm talking purely, you know, standard triple threat matches. Another match that I'd have to include for the tag teams real quick before I get into that was the one from my 
I don't mm, no never mind I was gonna say No Mercy 02 and it was like the Smackdown 6 mm-hmm. but that was at Survivor Series that wasn't at No Mercy and that was a good match but it's not like the greatest triple threat of all time right so anyway going back to normal triple threat matches no I don't think it's number one I think it's number two the greatest triple mm. threat of all time in my opinion has got to be Benoit, Triple H, and Michaels from Mania 20. We just got done talking about this a week ago, the last show that we did. We just celebrated the 16-year anniversary. Um, I think that's the greatest triple threat match of all time. Benoit, or not Benoit, um, Brock, Cena, and Rollins is two. And I got to say, as a number three that doesn't get talked about enough, that is still one of the greatest triple threats of all time, Uh-oh. Taker, Rock, angle from i think it was vengeance 02 it was in the summer before rock faced brock at um SummerSlam. i i want to say it was vengeance it was in july of 02 that's an amazing three-way as well so those are my top three triple threat matches i still say benoit triple h and michaels is number one though i'm trying to fact check that kurt angle taker uh rock match um i believe let me let me get it right. Let me get it right. Results. Let me see. The Rock, Kurt Angle, Undertaker, Triple Threat for the Undisputed Title at Vengeance 2002. Correct. Yep. So you have one Benoit, Sean Hunter, WrestleMania 20. Number yep. two, you have Brock, Cena, Seth from the Rumble 15 mm-hmm. and the Vengeance match. Um, mm-hmm. I think a very underrated triple threat that most would forget was Backlash 06, Hunter, Cena, and Edge. That's a good one. I would put that, I, I would have to rewatch it to say if it's like number four. I mean, yeah. it's got to be in the top 10, but that was a really good match. Yeah, like, like, um, like, like, like that a lot of people forget. Like where it stands, I don't know, but I just know it just, it don't get talked about enough. Very underrated. Mm-hmm. Uh, following Cena beating Hunter at WrestleMania 22. But I mean, you can't argue that Benoit, Hunter, and Sean isn't the greatest triple threat match of all time. Uh, one, it was at WrestleMania. Benoit became the champion. Just, you know, also it was the main event. Benoit was, you know, the the Rumble winner. A lot of things going on. You had Hunter and Sean with their, you know, rivalry going on at the same time. Because 04 was really pretty much about Hunter and Sean. They had the... Um, yeah. Uh, I mean, I know I know they go back prior to 02 with SummerSlam and the Armageddon's and they go back at it at the, at the Rumble 04. Or, uh, the chamber match at Survivor Series 02. So, so 02 to 04 was pretty much Hunter and Sean. Then you insert, on Raw, yeah. The, on Raw too, and you insert Benoit into the mix. I just don't see how you beat that. Now, Brock Cena again, it, it, it's tough. Uh, I I love the match, but I just something about the Benoit match that had that that it has that Brock Cena Seth did not have maybe more uh, emotion more of of um a storytelling i don't know um and then the the, the one the vengeance i i i got to see again i can't even say it should be there or not i i got to check it out again i could i could agree with you later on but um i i don't see why people would disagree with that no, I think you got to remember too, not just in terms of like purely in ring action and stuff like that, but the build as well. Yes. Because Benoit won the Rumble, like right. he had never been world champion before. 
the build to the 2015 Rumble match, I don't think people really remember that as much as the match itself. But I think what made that match better was that what people kind of forget. When you watch it back on Raw, I mean, it's just a good match. You're like, you're not thinking of it in real time. At that point, I wasn't around in 04, so I don't know if that this was the case in 04. And I don't think people knew Benoit was going to win. But with that 2015 Rumble, too, it was just as unpredictable, even if not even more so. Because that was around the time when Rollins was Mr. Money in the Bank. Mm-hmm. He was a part of the authority. And it was supposed to be, if you remember, Randy, it was supposed to be Brock and Cena. Cena had earned the opportunity to face Brock again after beating Orton at Hell in the Cell. And they already had a bunch of matches by that point. No one wanted to see it again. I mean, they work well together, but come on, enough is enough. Adding Rollins in there really made it one of the greatest matches of the decade. Like, that's not even disputed. That can't even be disputed. It's a great match. Right. Um, Rollins made it great. They all busted their ass. And a lot of people figured, hey, Cena might be winning here because Brock's contract is up. Brock's contract, it was rumored right before this pay-per-view that it was expiring at Mania. In that he was going back to UFC, which ended up playing into the Roman Brock match, too, if you remember that, um, at WrestleMania, of course. So that was a big factor in the match. A lot of people thought Cena may win to get the big um, 17, I think it would have been at that point. And, uh, you know, people thought Brock may go into Mania and then lose and then leave, blah, blah, blah. So keeping the belt on Brock was the right, you know, was the right course of action. But just everything about the match, it was just so, so good in terms of the buildup. I mean, the buildup was good, but it was more so about getting Rollins in there. And um, Brock matches nowadays, they, they are very hit or miss. You either get the same thing you see all the time, like with the Ricochet 90-second squash, what the fuck was that? Or you get Brock really going in there and, and busting his ass like we saw here when he's pushed to the limit by people like Rollins and Cena. Uh, we saw it with him and AJ. We saw it with him and Brian. We saw it with, kind of with him and Finn last year. Um, he either has really, really good matches or matches that are just like, I mean, what, that was a joke. Uh, this was one of the, I think this has got to be the best Brock match he's had since he's been back easily. If not the best match, it's up there because the Punk match was pretty amazing too. Um, but this has got to be up there because it is regarded, in my opinion, like you just said, as one of the greatest triple threat matches of all time and rightfully so. Um, what did you make of seeing WrestleMania 30 on ESPN uh, over the weekend? I thought it was cool. So some people are like, oh, it will make a difference unless and I agree. I don't think people watching Mania 30 are going to tune into the show in droves. Mm. They're like, oh, my God, the show is so amazing. I'm going to go watch Raw. It doesn't hurt, though, dude. It doesn't hurt, especially now that there's no sports on or anything like that. Right. I think it helps to have, you know, why not just fill the time with WrestleMania? It's Mania in a couple weeks. Helps promote the pay-per-view. People won't be tuning in to Raw and stuff like that, but I don't really think that was the point. Um but it gets, it gets, you know, new eyes on the product. I know this isn't fucking WrestleMania 17, but the thing with that dude is that, yeah, it's an amazing show. And I wouldn't actually, honestly, I wouldn't mind that if they showed that during Raw now. Um, but like for, you know, on ESPN, the problem with that is that like, that doesn't really showcase the current talent. Mania 30 does. And not every aspect of that Mania was great. Like CNN and Wyatt was complete shit. So was Brock and Taker. I don't care what anyone says. And the match sucked. Um, at least overall, it's regarded as one of the better Manias in the in the last decade. I mean, they're replaying 32 on Sunday, which is terrible. That show sucked, though. Exactly. Um, that show was even... I mean, 30 was great. 32 was awful um, overall. But anyway, um, as far as... Yeah, replaying it in, on ESPN, I thought was a good idea. I don't know what the rating did. I know a lot of fans tuned in. Like, like my dad watched that he's not a wrestling fan, but he was watching ESPN because, again, there's no sports on, dude. So right. why not? 
they're, they're not watching anything else. It's not going to overly benefit the company, but it doesn't hurt is what I'm saying. So um, I think it's cool. Um, it would be nice if they replayed, you know, 31 instead of 32. 32 is terrible. Yeah, right. And I think they're replaying 35 the week after that on Mania Sunday itself. Yeah. So that's kind of cool. Um, it's it's better than nothing, so I will say that. I mean, for me, like, you know me, I, I'm, I'm nostalgic. Yeah, I go by dates and... You know, the, uh, the next one is on March 29th. I'm like, hey, you know, t- I, I kind of get you're showing the more recent stuff, 30, 32, 35, people, people who are still in the company. You don't want to get on ESPN and show throwback stuff. Maybe that, that's what that's what the, the thinking was. But I mean, just just imagine seeing WrestleMania three on ESPN or just imagine the reason why, because that happened on March 29th and they're airing. WrestleMania 32 on that uh, same exact day. So mm-hmm. WrestleMania 14 happened on that exact day. You, uh, you got Mike Tyson involved. I mean, like again, I know you want to show the 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 current stuff, but just imagine seeing those kind of old school WrestleManias on a big time major network. You know. No, I totally agree. I, I definitely think, uh, you know, I, I could see what you mean. Like I said, I think showcasing the current talent is more important. Yeah. But again, I don't think I don't think putting this stuff on ESPN is really meant to get people to watch Raw or maybe watch Mania, but definitely not watch Raw, like especially now yeah. when there's no fans there, you know. But it doesn't hurt. They are planning to air some sort of you know, whatever part of their product on the on the ESPN network at some point, the pay-per-views or whatever. Um, it might be actually kind of for the better that that plan fell through for now because I have no desire to watch WrestleMania on ESPN+. Plus. I'm already signed up to for enough shit as it is, so yeah. I have no desire to see that or go back to paying 50 bucks. I think that's just dumb. So it's probably for the better that that shit fell through for right now. Right. But it's cool. It's not like, you know, it's not like it's just some random throwaway. Like, it's not like they're just replaying it on USA, like after Mania. No, they're replaying it on ESPN. That's a pretty big deal. So it's cool. I like it. It's cool to see wrestling out there, regardless of whether it's three or thirty. Um, you know, some of them are good shows. Thirty-two isn't, but you know, again, it, it's it's cool to see people that don't ordinarily watch wrestling at least check it out, if nothing else. So for me, I think it's kind of cool. Um, yeah, I'm just, I'm just reading that. Uh, yeah, like like you mentioned, Dana Brooke and Mysterio's off Mania for quarantine stuff. I, I, I didn't even know that. Um, hmm. Okay. Um. Wow. Um. And then they're gonna do takeover. You mentioned starting on April first on USA. So, how many days? I mean, is it is is it one day on April first, or they're gonna do it multiple days? Well, they made it sound like it's going to be multiple days. Like, I don't know if they would do a normal episode and then one big takeover match is the main event. That might be what they're doing. They didn't say two days. They didn't say a month. I have no, I'm not even sure. I don't even know when they're taping this shit if they haven't already. I would be very surprised if they didn't already tape this. I mean, if they did tape this actually, because I feel like we would have known by now because WWE was the first to announce this. No one else, PW Insider, Meltzer, whatever, no one else knew this was coming. Right. So I don't know when they're taping this because they're doing all the tapings today and tomorrow and maybe Thursday. I don't know. But uh, wow. anyway, so I think I think it's cool. Um, It's better than po- – like, listen, like I said – if you're going to postpone Mania, then postpone TakeOver. The issue is that they're not postponing Mania. So you might as well not postpone NXT either. 
and it's better than you know not doing the mania matches on raw and smackdown i think it's a dumb idea but the the takeover stuff really isn't that big of a deal and they want to beat dynamite in the ratings anyway so i like it i don't think it's it's i don't think you know it's that big of a deal they're good matches and they don't even have a card set in stone as of now anyway they probably will announce it by wednesday but um yeah, so those are my two cents on that. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what they do with it. And uh, again, I would have their first show back be that, but that's clearly not what they're going for. Whatever. So I'm looking forward to seeing the matches on uh on free TV in the next couple of weeks in front of nobody. It sucks, but what can you do? Um, I know we'll get to a WrestleMania preview in the next week or so, which uh which uh, would be cool. See some more updates as uh, time goes on. The last point I'm gonna make is that yesterday was the 23rd anniversary for Stone Cold Bret Hart at WrestleMania 13. I know me and you brought it up on previous uh, episodes, but uh, I did see BR Wrestling, you know, put out the, you know, paying homage to, to both Sean, uh, Sean, Stone Cold and Bret. And then I quoted quoted the tweet and saying, you know what, this is a top three WrestleMania match of all time, along with Taker and Sean from 25 and Macho Man Steamboat from WrestleMania 3. A lot of people uh, agreed with that. Now, do you agree that those are the top three WrestleMania matches of all time? If not, what could it be? And in your personal opinion, your personal favorite, what are your top three, top five WrestleMania matches uh, of all time? No, you saying that, I mean, obviously it's subjective, yes. but you saying that doesn't make me think, oh my God, he's wrong. That's just stupid. Like, I don't think that at all. I think, <laughs> I think you have a good point. I think that's a good side of the list. And I would agree with you. But then as you were saying, when you said that, I think, I don't know if we talked about it earlier or just before the show. I think you said it before the show. Mm-hmm. I agreed with you. And then while you were saying those matches right now, another match came in my head. Okay. So the top two matches, I would agree, are... Michaels and Taker has got to be number one, I think. Again, it's objective. You could fucking say Bam Bam Bigelow versus Jimmy Snuck if you want. It doesn't even matter. <laughs> or the fucking mailman or whatever. SD Delivery Jones. Um, I say Taker and Michaels is one from 25, that is. Right. I wouldn't put the, the second one in there because, I mean, just for the sake of variety, you know, having both matches back to back. I mean, the, the, the second one is the greatest main event I think they've ever done, in my opinion, even more so than 20. I think, tw- I think it's... 26 with Michaels and Taker and then Benoit Triple H and Michael or yeah Benoit Triple H Michaels from 20 um, in terms of main events go but anyway greatest match I would say is Michaels and Taker from 25 mm-hmm. the second one being Steamboat and Savage as you said mm-hmm. Austin and Hart I would put I'm just going off the top of my head here I'm not looking anything up I'm just kind of thinking about it okay. I would put that at 4 because mm-hmm. at 3 I would put uh-oh. Probably Uh-oh. now that I think about it, Bret Hart and Owen Hart as the opener from ten. Okay, I think that is one of the greatest. I think it's the greatest opener they've ever done. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I love that match. I think it's an amazing match. You could absolutely switch that and what you said, Hart and Austin. You absolutely could because it made Austin too. He bled. That's an iconic image. Right. The Hart thing. I mean, the feud was great. The match was amazing. Um, and then he went on to win the title later on in the night. So I loved how they did that. So anyway, I think that would be three. But if you said, no, this would, this should be three. I wouldn't argue with you. Okay. I'm thinking of other matches. I would put the three way from 20 up there. That would probably be my fifth one. Now that I think about it, I'm trying to think of other matches that were like, mm. holy shit, this was fucking unbelievable. Um, I don't really think, 
when you really say it out loud like that, Randy, I don't think we've had a match like that in the last 10 years. I don't think we have since, since 26, I don't think we've had an all time classic mania match. People thought it would be Styles and Nakamura. Obviously, it wasn't. No. People thought maybe it would be Styles and Jericho or Jericho and Edge or whatever. It wasn't. No. Um, I could see maybe Brock and Roman being up there. That was a great main event. That's a great match. I love that. Maybe that would be in the top ten. Mm-hmm. I don't. Other, other than that, at thirty-one, and even the triple threat from thirty, I liked a lot. But the issue with that match is that. You know, it was dead for the first half because the streak had just ended. People weren't really into it. And it was an amazing match. Mm. But I think the one from 20 is the better triple threat, in my opinion. Um, so anyway, I think that would be in the top 10. But I don't think we've had an all-time classic Mania match in the last 10 years. I, I'm just kind of thinking about that now. I know it's kind of off topic. But like 11 or 27 and, and 2011 definitely did not have any. They had no. some good matches. I think Punk and Orton, as you've said many, 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 many times, Randy, was a good match, good feud. Not like one of the greatest ever, though. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, 28 had some good matches. I really liked that Mania. 29 sucked. 30 had, you know, the main event. 31 had the main event. 32 definitely did not have any of that stuff. The women's match was actually kind of good. The triple threat match. 34 had Asuka and Charlotte. That was probably one of the better women's matches they've ever done. Mm. I don't know if that's like the greatest mania match period in the last 10 years, but it's up there. 33 didn't have any. 35 definitely. Yeah, Kofi and Bryan would be up there too. That was a great match, but anyway. Um, yeah, so I, I agree with you. Going back to your original point, I agree with you. I think those are a solid three or four core greatest matches of all time in Mania history. So you have Taker, Sean, 25, Steamboat, Macho, WrestleMania 3, Stone Cold, Brett from 13, Brett Owen from 10, and the Triple Threat match from 20. Am I correct? That would be my top five off the top of my head. I can't think of any right now. Okay. Like, there's so much. I'm going to hit you with two more, maybe to, to be in consideration. All right. I know okay. you, you, either you were never a fan of this match or you just maybe did not like it. So, Brett Sean Iron Man match has to be considered, right? Dude, we talked about this so many times. I know you even did a clip on it, I feel like, last year. So I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll say it again. I'll say it again. I do like the match, but I don't argue with people who say that it's overrated because it's a lot of – and we had a very divisive response on that. I remember that. You put up the clip last year, and there were a lot of people that said, I agree. It's not what people say it is, and some people were saying, how could you say that? That's I feel like more than any other match in Mania history is more divisive than any other. Because it is a great, very well-put-together match, and it's between two of the greatest of all time. And it's probably the best match those two ever had together. But at an hour long, it felt like it really did not pick up until like the last quarter or so. Mm. So no, I would not say that's it. I don't I don't even know if I would put that in my top ten, to be honest with you. Wow. It is a very good match. Wow. I don't know if I would put it in my top ten. Um the triple threat ladder match, WrestleMania 17, tag match. That would be in the top 10 easily. I think that's one of the greatest of all time as well. That would probably be maybe six, six or seven. It's up there. The, the Stone Cold and The Rock from 17. Oh, that or even The Rock and Hogan from 18. It's or... tough because moment-wise, yes. Match-wise, no. Okay, Okay. so you're going for the whole full body. Okay, I'm um, going for the whole full body, yeah. Um Austin and Rock, honestly, I'm, I think they were, I mean, the feuds were amazing. In the ring, like, if you go back and watch 17, 
Like they were just beating him down. I don't know. I'm not a big fan of the match itself. I think as an overall package, it's great. Mm-hmm. As a match, I don't think it's amazing. Um, oh. The same thing with Hogan. I mean, Hogan and Rock is a classic match. Right. Uh, that might be in the top 10. I mean, as a match, it's nothing great, obviously. But I mean, it's a, it's a classic match to that crowd alone. What about? I mean, I'm, maybe I'll put it at 10. It's It would be up there, though, I think. What about? What about Sean Kurt Angle, 21? Oh, that's easily top 10. I don't know how I forgot about that. That's one of my uh, favorite of all time. I would probably put that at, uh, I might even put that over the triple threat from 20. I like that match so much. Wow. Such oh, look at that. Look at that. I love that match. I don't know how I forgot about that, but yes, I would probably put that very high up there. That's mm. absolutely top 10. Just trying to think of some other ones. Um, I would say this. I don't know if I would put them in the top 10, but I like them a lot. Hogan and Warrior. I, would just, I think I was just going to say that shit. Yeah, I think it's a great package in terms of, and I don't want people to twist my words here. I think as an overall package, the match is very good. Mm-hmm. Um, the crowd is amazing. That finish is great. Warrior wins. It was awesome. Right. Don't know if I'd put it in the top 10, but it mm-hmm. is a great main event, especially with that. Like You had never seen that before. No, two baby faces, and it's just crazy. Like You had never seen anything like it. So I'd probably put that up there. Don't know if it'd be in my top ten, but it's up there. I mean, um, even even Hogan and Macho from WrestleMania yeah, five. Too. Yeah, I was just about to say that was the next one that came to my mind. Uh, again, I think the few was better than the match itself, but it's also up there because the match was also very good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Uh, I mean, if you are here in the show, you want to give us some some uh, some of your favorite WrestleMania matches, hit us up on Twitter at a Wrestle Rant uh, at Randy J Cruz. We'll, uh, we'll love to hear your your feedback. Um, I mean, I can't argue with you with those five. I think my top three are going to stand. Now with Brett Owen. That's that's gonna climb the ladder to to, to a high spot. Um, the greatest WrestleMania uh, opener of all time. I agree with that. To my top five to get to get a fifth one, man. I gotta like really analyze and sit down and and pick it because I might pick one today. Then like, oh shit, you know, next week I'm I'm gonna change it up. But those yeah, yeah. those three are probably my 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 my, my top three for sure. Yeah, most definitely. Uh, I mean, I think those are pretty set in stone for the most part. Those are some uh, great matches and great moments. I mean, they solidified a lot of people as stars. Steamboat wasn't around for long after that match. We've talked yeah, about the match before, yeah. but you know, as, as as an all-time classic IC title match, that's probably number one. I think it kind of has to be. Oh, but, where's um, um where's 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 Sean and Razor? I was thinking about that too. Um. I don't think that would be top 10. It is a good ladder match. Wow. It's a very good match. It's a memorable match. I don't know if it's the greatest ladder match of all time. It is for that time because it was kind of like one of the first ones they ever did. But um, I think Brett and Owen from that show is far better. So I don't. Yeah. I think it's. I think it's probably top fifteen, maybe. So what we're gonna do next week? We're gonna. I'm giving you and, and I a week to figure out our top ten WrestleMania matches of all time. Uh, it don't have to be in any, in any order. If you want to do that, go right ahead. But we're gonna pick our top ten WrestleMania matches um, of all time, and then we'll do that next week. I think today kind of you know started the whole conversation. So let's do that uh, again. If you wanna. Hit us up with your favorite matches from WrestleMania. Hit up uh, Graham at WrestleRant on Twitter. You can hit me up at Randy J. Cruz, R-E-N-D-Y, the letter J-C-R-U-Z. You can find the podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, uh, Spotify, Cruise Control Podcast here with two out of three falls. Uh, Graham, I greatly appreciate you coming on. Great talking with you, and I know we'll do it again soon uh, next week. 
Of course. I was going to ask you too, Randy. I don't know if we had time, but you kind of pulled the, uh, oh. you, you flipped the table on me when you said if I can name every streak match in Mania history. Okay. I'm going to ask you this real quick. If you don't have time, that's fine. We can do it next Let, week. Let's do it. Let's I was going to ask you, Okay. could you name who walked into at least, yeah, every Mania as the WWE champion? Could you say that off the top of your head? I feel like you could with definitely the first ones. So you're asking me who was the, who was the, the 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 main champion walking into every WrestleMania? Yes. I feel like uh, you know the title matches. WrestleMania uh was well, so so Hogan was WrestleMania 1, right? Yes. Hogan was WrestleMania new 2. Yes, yeah, he faced Bundy and he was champion. Yeah. Okay, uh, WrestleMania three was Hogan. Yep. WrestleMania four, the title was vacated. Good job. Yep. Trick question. WrestleMania five was Macho. Yep. Six Hogan. Yep. Seven Slaughter. Correct. Eight Ric Flair. Yep. Nine Bret Hart. Yes, I don't even know. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, he uh, he fought um uh, Yokozuna, Yokozuna and Yokozuna beat him. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, it's Bret Hart. WrestleMania ten, Yokozuna. Yep. WrestleMania eleven was Diesel. Mm-hmm. Twelve was Bret. Mm-hmm. Thirteen, Psycho Sid. Yep. Uh, fourteen was Shawn. Fifteen was The Rock. Sixteen mm-hmm. was Hunter. Ooh, okay. Seventeen. Duh. Undefeated here. Seventeen. The Rock. Yes. Eighteen. Jericho. Yep. He's the undisputed champion. Nineteen was. So now this is where I I want to I don't want to get confused with the main title and the and the fucking world heavyweight title. So I keep yeah. it. Uh, Kurt Angle. I would. I would say WWE, but yeah, 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 Kurt Angle. I mean, if you said Triple H with the world title, I mean, I would be like, I wouldn't say like you're wrong. Yeah. I mean, it is, but I mean, yeah, we're going with WWE title here. All right, Kurt Angle, 19, 20, 20 was Guerrero? Correct, yeah, Guerrero and Angle, yep. Uh, and also, also 121, mm-hmm. JBL? Yep. 22, John Cena? Yeah, I almost said Triple H. And, yeah, John 20, Cena. and 23, John Cena. And 23, yep. 24. So I know Edge was a world heavyweight. Uh, yeah. Randy Orton. Correct, yeah, that triple three, Ooh, yep. 25. So that was, uh, 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 that was uh, Hunter. Yep. 26. This way it gets tricky for me. 26. <laughs> Damn. Uh, 25 and over here, buddy. Uh, 26. Uh, no, don't tell me yet. 26. Who was a fucking world champion? 26. I know Jericho was the world heavyweight. Yeah. Do you remember what the other main match was aside from Taker and Sean? WrestleMania. Uh, Batista. Batista. Ooh, you got it. Ooh, yeah. The yeah, 27 should be easy. 27. The Miz. Yeah. 28. CM Punk. Yep. 29. Um, The Rock. Yep. 30. WWE Champion, 30. Um, uh, Orton. 
31, Brock. Yep, Brock. 32 was Triple H. Yep. 33, Bray Wyatt. Yep. 34. Got two more. WrestleMania, uh, Brock. Right? No. 34, right? No, it wasn't Brock. Brock was the oh. Universal Champion. See, oh, fuck. I know, this is fuck where it gets tricky. Uh, AJ, there's right? there's two titles again. AJ, right? AJ, yeah. I'll yeah. give it that. I mean, you ended up getting it, so. Fuck but the, it's not Brock. Fuck the Universal title. <laughs> I know, they're the same. They, that's, yeah, I went on last. Uh, oh, fuck yeah. 35 was um, <laughs> uh, Daniel Bryan. Yep, there you go. So, oh, yeah, just a little minor mess. 34 and 1, That's still man. pretty impressive. Nah, I'll take it. 34 and 1, man. I, I, I lost. <laughs> Fuck it. It's pretty good. That's crazy. Oh, man. That, that, was, that was good, but you had, me, you had me sweating over here, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> it's not even like who won each match either. It's who walked in as champion, which is a little tougher, yeah. but you got it, Randy. Your memory is very strong. Good job. That universal title fucked me up, bro. Fuck me I up. know, I know. It's, uh, this year, it's gonna, you're going to say... Uh, but see, now, if the AJ Nakamura match was great and classic that everybody thought it, thought it was going to be, <laughs> that's how I would, I would recall AJ, AJ being uh, the, the, the champion. But it well, you got to get the dig in there, too. Oh, that match was terrible. Uh, <laughs> I'll say it, man. That match was a highly uh, pubbed and, you know, dream match, and this shit was terrible. Listen, it's not as bad as it could have been if Jinder was still champion. You know what? That's a different combo for a different day, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can follow Graham again on Twitter. Great stuff for fan-sided DDT. Also, Bleacher Report on Twitter at Russell Rant. You can find me at Randy J. Cruz, R-E-N-D-Y, the letter J-C-R-U-Z. Any feedback you have on the show, hit us up on Twitter. Give us your feedback. Whether you love the show, like it, hate it, all that good stuff, give us some feedback. Uh, download it on, on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Spotify, the Two out of three falls podcast on the Cruise Control Podcast Network. Graham, my man, thank you. Thank you, Randy. I'll talk to you next week. All right, man, take it easy. All right, adios. All right.